I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Episode 61 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. Tough to decide. Um, how to start this one. Obviously, we know what needs to be talked about first. Uh, it's not about the topic. It's just about what to say. Um, another difficult couple of days in the fight against racial injustice and the NBA. This is in the sports world, really in, in our culture as a whole. Once again, became the center stage of the fight against racial injustice. Um, before I really dive into this, we're going to get into some Knicks news in the second half of the show. Um, maybe playoff talk. I'm not sure yet if I want to do that yet because, again, we're not entirely sure. It looks like games will be played. Last two days, obviously, the games have been postponed on Wednesday and, of course, on Thursday. I don't know what I want to do uh, as far as playoff talk. It doesn't feel important right now. Um, as excited as I've been over the last couple of weeks talking about the Knicks, talking about the NBA, talking about the the draft, the draft lottery, and things like that. There's a couple things that for Knicks fans that I do want to touch on in this show. Um, however, it's tough not to start with this. It has to be talked about. Uh, the Jacob Blake shooting in Wisconsin, has really re-shined the light on the other reason, really the main reason, why this NBA season is so important and why the bubble is so important. Um, For those that have seen the tape, um, I'm sure you feel like I feel. uh, Once again, shaken to the core. Um, Some of the stuff that's come out about Jacob Blake afterwards doesn't excuse whether it's true or not really uh, about Jacob Blake doesn't excuse at all what the police have done here and what the police continue to do to black men in this country and what the what society continues to do to African Americans as a whole in this country that was the reason why the Milwaukee Bucks started what they started on Wednesday It was their state, 40 minutes outside of Milwaukee, where this shooting took place. And the Bucks, as a whole, felt a need to do something about it. The fact that the rest of the NBA, especially those in the bubble, supported them in their decision, and it became a united front for the NBA, was crucial in this decision. Clearly in the meetings since then, the Lakers and Clippers have wanted to stop the entire NBA playoffs, according to multiple reports. They're done, or they were done. Looks like from the more recent reports today, last time I checked before I hopped on here to do this podcast today, it seems like the general consensus is that this statement was needed 
This postponement of these last couple of days of games was needed. Um, by the way, also Kenny Smith walking off the inside of the NBA set was extremely powerful. And I think a great message of uniting not only between the players and the teams, but between the, the, the NBA and its broadcast partners. And just as men and women in general. I thought that was great and powerful. Um, it seems like going forward, the teams want to play. I think it, my two cents here on this, on this issue is, uh, the issue of playing forward, going forward and finishing the NBA playoffs. I think it continues to give a great message, a great opportunity to spread, continue to spread the message of Black Lives Matter, continue to spread the message and say the names of the victims and continue to give these NBA players the opportunity to fight against racial injustice in a very public manner, which continues to be needed during this time in our country's history and really has been needed for hundreds of years. But now we're listening as a country. And I think that message continues to be needed now more than ever, especially after the Jacob Blake shooting, where we continue to have a president that neglects. We continue to have supporters of said president that are brainwashed, but that's for a different podcast. The reason I say that is because of Donald Trump's president, Donald Trump's comments on the NBA which continue to be tone-deaf, continue to be ill-informed, continue to be uh, selfish, in my opinion, more focusing on his agenda and getting reelected than what he actually, if he even thinks that anything or not, about it. Uh, calling the NBA a political organization, criticizing the league about player protests over police brutality. Um, apparently, senior White House aides, this is according to the Denver Post and multiple reports, suggested that the protests were not constructive and were hypocritical, considering the league's relative relative silence about human rights violations in China. This is, and this is what the president. I'll, let me just finish the president's comments before I comment on that. The president said in a radio interview that the NBA players were very nasty, very dumb, for kneeling during the national anthem. He also said, quote, they become, this is the full statement, they become a political organization, that's not a good thing. I don't think that's a good thing for sports or for our country. Just, just, tone deaf doesn't even begin to describe Donald Trump's comments. And by the way, multiple comments coming from the White House, not just his, multiple people. It's one of the reasons that this has never been addressed, and not just by his presidency, but by multiple presidencies, many presidencies over the years. But this is the most egregious of them all. Not only, it's one thing, or I should say it's bad enough where certain presidents have neglected African-American people in this country. But to fight against it, to actively trying to hurt the fight is taking it 
a trillion steps too far. And and again, we try not to be political on this show. I'm trying to come at this as somebody who is just trying to look at the facts and give you an opinion based on the facts. You don't have to agree with that opinion. And I've said this before on the podcast when we've touched sensitive issues, by the way, including the NBA's situation in China. And I'm also coming for coming to you as somebody that said that the NBA didn't do a good job with that. Could have done better with that. Donald Trump has no right to say what he said. It is not only ill-informed, it's calculated. Donald Trump, in my opinion, doesn't even believe what he's saying. Is But he's saying it to get reelected. And that is even worse than believing the opinion. For the NBA... They've handled it extremely well. Again. Doing what our government won't do. And actually fight and do something about it. Instead of trying to actively harm part of our population in this country. It's unbelievable that the NBA has to even be in this position. It really is. This is not their job. This is not what they're paid to do. This is what our government's paid to do. But luckily in this country, we're allowed to fight against the government. We're allowed to say what we feel. We have the right to do that. And again, you don't have to agree with what I say. All I say is don't get nasty in the comments. Don't fight with each other. Have a discussion with each other. You don't have to agree. But you don't, or rather you you really don't have the right to take it over the line. And that's all I ask in the comments. If you disagree with what I have to say, and I've said this before, fine. Have a conversation. That's all I ask. Don't step over the line. The reports that have come out since uh, about, again, not only what the president has said, the vice president, I think Jared Kushner even weighed in, all the, and I'm not going to go through everything, but if you want to go read it, go read it. It, it, For me, it's, it's honestly extremely, extremely incriminating to those people's characters. It's unbelievable. It really is. This, by the way... Brings up my second point. The NBA was the first to say we got to stop playing for COVID-19. They continue to be the leaders during this crazy time in our country's history. This time on an even bigger level with racial injustice. It brings me to this, and I've seen this written a lot over the last couple of days, and it's 100% true. This walkout, this boycott of the last couple of days is groundbreaking in sports. It's groundbreaking in this country. This is a huge deal. 
This completely could change sports forever. It really could. The shut up and dribble folks are continuing to have it shoved down their throats. It's unbelievable. And I love it. Remember, the big thing about this, the more the most poignant thing about this, is it's four days to the day that Colin Kaepernick first took a knee for the San Francisco 49ers during the national anthem. It's when we first started having this conversation. Four years later, the NBA stopped in the middle of the playoffs for two days to protest racial injustice in this country. It's incredible how far sports have taken this discussion. It's a discussion that many in politics have not pushed forward, have either kept stagnant or, as I've just shown you by our own president's comments, tried to push back in the opposite direction. But the last 48 hours have been immense for this conversation in this country. From what I've read, um, from reports I've seen, this could be something that really helps put this conversation forward in this country. Um, The Jacob Blake situation, from what I've read, um, I've seen a couple people that have wanted an update um, in general. Not, I'm not saying that to me personally. No one's reached out to me and said anything. But apparently, Jacob Blake is paralyzed, according to his dad, uh, according to multiple reports. Um, the officer shot him, obviously, multiple times. Um, again, Jacob Blake has a checkered past that's been documented. However, to justify him being shot is frankly disgraceful. I'm not saying anything new there. Um, as far as his situation, I'm just trying to give you, let me see if I can find the right notes here. just want to make sure that I've got this right. Um... He apparently, again, according to his dad, or his his dad has told people, according to reports, that he's paralyzed. They don't know if he'll be able to walk again. That's what I wanted to to see. Um, It's just terrible. And again, it, it really doesn't matter what he's done. The police continue to take it too far with African-American men and women in this country. It really is a disgrace. Um, again, um, I'll, wrap the, I'll wrap up with this. Um, apologies for kind of stumbling a little bit here at the end uh, of this first part. Um, I want to give the Bucks a lot of credit here. They could have easily have just said, you know what, we're here to play a basketball game tonight. But they said, you know what, this is in our backyard. This is our state that we are paid by, or I should say the team in the state that we're paid by. This is our backyard. This is our team's fans. This is where they live. 
we have to do something about this. I commend them for doing that. And I commend the rest of the NBA for following suit. I commend Chris Paul, the president of the Players Association, or the players representative for the leader of the Players Association, I should say, for holding these difficult meetings inside the bubble that had to be taking place. For having the difficult conversations that so many of us in this country won't have. And saying, you know what, we got to stop for a second here. This is, this is not stopping. We've got to have a discussion about this. I, I think he deserves a huge tip of the cap. To LeBron James, who continues to tweet about this, even during a time where he should be focused on trying to win games in the NBA playoffs. Many players, Donovan Mitchell, another, who continuously tweets out about this, posts awareness about this. Many players have been doing it. And I think that they deserve a ton, a ton, a ton of positive feedback for that. Those guys are trying to win a championship for their city. So is, so is Chris Paul. So is Kawhi Leonard. Everybody that's there still in the bubble is trying to win. But for a day or two days, they've put that aside. And I, and I think that they deserve, again, a ton of credit for that. This is really a pioneering moment in the history of sports. And every single player inside that bubble is a part of it. All the coaches are a part of it. And I just want to give this first segment to them for what they're doing to try to do what's right to try to change the problems in this country when nobody else that should be doing it at the very, very top is doing it. For that, I think they deserve to... Oh, I mean, this is, I mean, the biggest piece of patriotism we've seen in probably the last four years. It's really incredible. It's what this country's about. It's the good part of our country. It's the part of our country that we need to be more like every single day. It really is. And this will be the last political thing I say. When they say make America great again. NBA players are just trying to make America fair. Just, moral, right. That's why America's great. That's why America can be great. This is the example that you should be looking to when you want to say we're a great country. This is why. Because we can do this. Because we fight for each other no matter what the color of our skin is. This is the great part about the country. We're dealing with so much of the bad stuff right now. It feels like it's just never going to end. But this country fights anyway. That's what's great about the United States of America. I got to take a break. 
here. I don't even know where I'm at right now on the show. Uh, I gotta check the recording. Um, we're gonna talk basketball in the second half of the show. We're gonna try at least. Um, thank you for letting me say that. Thank you for listening to that part of the show. Um, many of you uh, have shown great thoughts about this uh, and other topics over the years that go away, f- not away from basketball. This is certainly part of it, obviously. But um, when we get, you know, maybe a little political or I share my opinions on those kind of things, I appreciate you guys uh, being respectful of that and, and obviously sh- sharing your opinions as well. That's how it should work. Um, I'm going to be back and hopefully in a better mood uh, just so we can talk a little Knicks news um, and we'll talk a little NBA playoffs, obviously seeing what the future looks like with that. Second half of the show is coming up next. Shock Shock Knicks podcast, Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, second half of the show here. Uh, I've tried to regroup. Um... Again, I, uh, I I really appreciate everybody that that gives me the time to talk about that, uh, talk about those things, uh, and try to do it in, in as respectful and uh, you know fair manner as I can. Again, I have to to reiterate this: if you have a feeling to respond, whether it's a negative or a positive way, it does not matter to me. Just do it in a respectful manner in the comments and on Twitter. Uh, it's how it should be done. It's how I've always stressed it to be done on this show. Um, and again, I will keep talking about these comments or keep talking about these this story when it comes up. Anytime it comes up involving the NBA, uh, this podcast will be there to talk about it. Um, and I hope you'll continue to be there to be respectful about the situation and comment in a respectful manner and share your opinion in the same way. Um, so thank you again for doing that, for those that continue to do that and continue to support the show and continue to listen um, and continue to share interest like I do uh, in these kind of situations that involve sports. Um, I have nothing but respect for you. So thank you for doing that. Um, second half of the show, again, there's a few Knicks headlines I want to get to. But first, um, the Knicks were involved a little bit um, in this historic moment uh, involving the league's decision. I should say the... Um, the player's decision to uh, <laughs> have this NBA boycott. Uh, the Knicks, again, did not cover themselves in glory here with the response to it. Um, it's bringing up. Um, the Knicks released a statement saying, quote, we support the league's decision to support uh, to postpone the games and strongly reiterate our condemnation of racism and violence. There is a bit of a, not a bit, there's a red flag there. And that's saying it's the league's decision. <sighs> One word changes a lot in that situation. It really does. Giving the league the credit for something the players did is part of the problem. 
with what's going on in this country right now. I can see why people were upset by that. First of all, it's the Knicks continue to be tone deaf, continuing to not assess the situation properly. And by the way, getting the facts wrong. Wow. Awful job by the Knicks. Whoever wrote that, whoever signed off on that, and obviously James Dolan, who oversees all of it, what the heck was that? You didn't even get the fact. The statement is, is not correct. The players made the decision. The league really didn't have a say. So, first of all, you're wrong. The facts are wrong. Congratulations. You didn't do a good PR job yet again. But the worst part about this is you don't give the players the credit they deserve. That, you know, in a country where African Americans by the system are put second in many regards. You can't do that. It's so wrong. But on top of that, it get it's worse almost the fact that you didn't even get the facts right. That's what PR people are supposed to do. That's like their only job. Get the facts right. If you're going to make a statement that looks good for you, at least get the facts right. Really, really bad job by the Knicks PR department. Unbelievable. Continues just a long line of terrible, terrible things. Not, well, not all of them as bad as this, to be fair. But just awful handling of situations by the Knicks continues off the court and on it, really. But in this situation, the off the court thing continues to be a bad look for James Dolan and the entire Knicks organization, frankly, that deals with these kind of things on social media. Let's dive into the actual Knicks news uh, on the court now, I should say. Um, this is a story that I didn't get to talk about a lot last show. The last show was all about the lottery. Obviously, the Knicks fell to spaces. I'll finish the show with, with some basketball talk here. I'm not going to talk playoffs. I want to know that the playoffs are going to be back officially. Um, I don't know that at the time of recording. So next week, if the playoffs have been back, we'll, we'll dive back into that. But for now, the, the first topic had to be the dominant part of the show. We'll end with, with some of the Knicks draft situation uh, and draft rumors. Um, the big one, obviously, involves the fact that the Knicks have dropped two spots. They're at the eighth spot now. What are they going to do with the pick? And the most, or I should say, the biggest trending topic that I've seen involving the Knicks trade situation, sorry, the Knicks draft situation, spoiler alert, is that they're going to trade the pick. And I talked about this when I live reacted to the draft lottery. And for the most part, my stance stays the same here. This is going to be really tough to do. I don't know if the Knicks are going to get a trade done in this draft. I don't know if teams will certainly be willing to, to listen. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. The biggest report around the league, or I should say, quote-unquote, whispers, multiple reports on this, are the whispers around the league 
are the Knicks are extremely high on LaMelo Ball. It's been kind of like that for a little while now. Uh, Many people have hinted for a while the Knicks are very interested in him and want him in the first round. Um, With the Knicks dropping down to eight, they obviously can't take him without moving up. There's been suggestions of three-team deals. Um, There's been suggestions of breaking the bank to get LaMelo Ball. That's mostly from social media, not reports. The three-team deal has been reported that the Knicks are exploring that option. There's other reports out there that there are certain teams at the top that want to keep their picks, and they want to keep their picks so they can get LaMelo Ball, which is very interesting as well. Obviously, the Knicks are going to really need to bring a lot to the table here. Now, apparently, Ian Begley went on FAN, WFAN in New York a couple days ago and basically reiterated other teams in the league know the Knicks want LaMelo Ball. But Begley isn't sure if people within the organization like him enough to trade up to get him. That's the conundrum. Is he worth giving up all of what you'll probably need to give up, which is not only your pick, but a couple of young players, most likely, or a veteran and a young player? You're going to have to give up a lot here to get up to probably two, if I'm being honest. The, The minimum bare minimum that the Knicks need to get as far as the pick needed for LaMelo Ball in this draft, the bare minimum, the high, the, the lowest they can trade up to where they still have a chance to get LaMelo Ball is three, in my opinion. I think by pick three, LaMelo Ball is off the board, no questions asked. I really do. The first three picks at the moment in the draft go to Minnesota, Golden State, and Charlotte. I think it's pretty clear what Minnesota's going to do. I think they're either going to take Anthony Edwards or LaMelo Ball. I think Golden State could go one of two ways. I think they could easily take LaMelo Ball. Or I think they could take James Wiseman, frankly, out of Memphis, although he obviously didn't finish his year of school there. I think by three... There's no chance the Bulls will have a, any any opportunity unless they trade up to get LaMelo Ball. So if you want him, you got to trade up five spots minimum. If you really want him, you got to trade up to two to get him. You got to trade up to two. Then you've got a pretty good chance of getting him. Three, it's still up in the air whether or not you're going to get him. It really is. Two, you're thinking, okay, we're probably going to get him. One, obviously, it's in your hands. But you're talking two or three here if the Knicks want LaMelo Ball. That's a tough ask. That's a really tough ask. It, it It's extremely difficult to expect the Knicks to do that. It's honestly, in my opinion, where the Knicks are at eight, and I've had multiple people that our fans reach out to me. And for once, I agree with them. Now, a lot of times my friends reach out to me about the Knicks. I don't agree with what they say. But trading down here has some merit. 
from the eight spot. If you don't like where it's looking, by the time the pick gets to you, you got to have a couple of trade back options here. You really do. The bottom of this first round is pretty darn good. I've said that from the beginning. The fact that the Knicks have that extra first round pick already put them in a really good spot. There's point guards there to be had. I've talked about some of them before. Cole Anthony, by the way, is down to 21 on some draft boards. That's appalling to me. Because that's an option for me at 8. If I'm the Knicks, I'd look at Cole Anthony at 8. I would. I'd look at Tyrese Halliburton at 8. He's There's a chance Tyrese Halliburton's hanging around at 8. So for this, there's three options, right? That's being that are being discussed about the Knicks right now. The trade up option where LaMelo balls the target. The stand pat option where you're hoping Tyrese Halliburton falls to you or you're going to take Cole Anthony. Or the trade back option where you think you could still get Cole Anthony or maybe you can get Jamius Ramsey or someone like that. Because again, you've got to get a point guard with that first pick. It's almost, it's got to be a lock that the Knicks are getting a point guard in the first round with that first pick. I think going overseas here is very risky in this draft. I really do. I think Killian Hayes would be a massive risk, and the Knicks have already been bitten once before by French point guards. I think the Israeli prospect has got some promise, but I don't think the Knicks need him. And frankly, Theo Maladon... I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. The other French point guard in this draft is being way too highly rated, in my opinion. So, late first round, you've already got options for a couple of point guards. Some would be risky, like a Nico Mannion or an RJ Hampton. But you look at, or by the way, a Devon Dotson, if you already don't have a point guard, is a risky pick. But if you trade back and you get Cole Anthony looks a little nicer, or maybe even a Jamius Ramsey combo guard. And then you say, hey, Dotson's there at 27. Maybe we take him too. Or you can get a little, you can get a little creative now. Jalen Smith is there. A versatile big that can shoot or is coming around on his shooting. Emmanuel quickly will still be around. Another point guard. Things are available if the Knicks trade back. It's not the worst option in the world if it doesn't work out for you. Now, in my opinion, if Tyrese Halliburton is there at eight, you take him. You take him. I think it's a no-brainer. However, I still, I would still, I've said this to multiple people. I consider Cole Anthony a top 10 pick. I still do. I still consider him a top 10 pick. I think he's worth taking at eight. I really do. I think he could be the steal of the draft at this point. He's plummeting on some of these boards. It's unbelievable. I don't know why. I think he's a talented player. I really do. I, I think he'd be a, a fantastic fit with the Knicks. I've, stu- I've stayed pat on this. I've not wavered. I think Cole Anthony's the pick. But if you don't want to trade up and Tyrese Halliburton's there, you got to consider him. He's a really good player. He's more built for where the NBA is going. He's a, he's a big time option there. Most boards right now have him going anywhere from five to seven. 
So it's risky to stand pat. But in my opinion, it's more realistic to trade up for Tyrese Halliburton than it is for LaMelo Ball. I think if you're looking to trade up for LaMelo Ball, you're really looking to break the bank here. And I don't think he's worth it. I really don't. Your shot at getting LaMelo Ball left you on draft night. I'm sorry, on draft lottery night. That was your shot. If you had moved up to four or moved up to five, or for God forbid, stayed at six, trading up is not so bad, but you dropped to eight. And all of a sudden, he's off the board, in my opinion. I just don't see LaMelo Ball in any way ending up being a Nick on draft night. It's just not going to happen. I think he's probably going to be taken by Golden State or Charlotte. And I think that either LeVar Ball plays Michael Jordan in one-on-one or LaMelo Ball becomes a splash brother. I, I think that it's going to be one of those two things. Could I see Minnesota taking him? I think they're probably going to take Anthony Edwards. I, I think it's almost a lock. I really do. I think he, they just need talent. I think Anthony Edwards is a beast. I think they're just going to take him. I'd be pretty surprised st- sitting here right now at the end of August if we're on draft night in October and Anthony Edwards is not the first pick. I, I really don't. I, I don't think LaMelo Ball makes a whole. I, I think he makes some sense, not a ton of sense. I think James Wiseman could have been the first pick if it was somebody else. But it's it's Anthony Edwards. I think he's destined for Minnesota. I think it's a, I think there's a very good chance Lamelo Ball is the second pick. If not, it's James Wiseman for me. I think he would make a lot of sense in Golden State. And then I think the third pick is going to be whoever's not taking it to between Ball and Wiseman, and then it goes from there. In my opinion, I think you let the Bulls do whatever they want it for. I don't think you deal. You know, they could take. To be fair, they could take Tyrese Halliburton, which would worry me. Um, many boards have them taking either him or Killian Hayes or a possibly a Gungwu. I think would be a weird pick for them there to be honest. Some have them taking Obi Toppin. Um, that's been another name that now has creeped up on a number of, through a lot of Knicks fans and people reaching out to me. Do the Knicks trade up for Obi Toppin or they, or if Obi Toppin's there at eight, do you take him? I, you don't. Let's, let's establish that right now. For me, Obi Toppin is probably a top five pick in this draft, if not sixth or seventh. But he's not a Nick pick here. I don't think he fits at all what the Knicks are trying to do. I don't think the Knicks need him, frankly. There's bigger positions of need than power forward for the New York Knicks. I think Obi Toppin would be a massive mis- miscalculation for the New York Knicks. I've had a couple people reach out and say that he would make sense. I think those people have either not watched Obi Toppin or have not looked at the Knicks roster recently. He just doesn't fit what the Knicks need. He's a great player. I think he could actually be a pretty good NBA player, if I'm being honest. However, the Knicks fit is just non-existent. It doesn't make any sense. And, And from there, again... For me, and this is all I ask, it's, you know, knowing the Knicks, who knows what's going to happen. But if the Knicks take a point guard with that first pick, I'm in. For me, that draft's already an A. And that's because my expectations are so low. It really, they really are. Especially after the dropping of two draft picks, two draft spots. I could see the Knicks screwing this up. I really could, but... 
This is our this is the first big test for Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau and company. This is the first big test. Getting it right with this pick on draft night. You could see it on draft lottery night. The 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 expression on Leon Rose's face, just the utter, you know, oh my god. You know, this is the worst case scenario. It could not it could not have gotten worse than us dropping to eighth. It really couldn't have. Statistically, it was almost impossible that the Knicks were going to drop spots here. And then they dropped to eight. So, difficult to take, obviously. But we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. But for me, I've told you this before on this podcast, and I'll end on this. I really would only be happy with one of three players on draft night. One of them's off the board for us now for the Knicks, and that's LaMelo Ball. Tyrese Halliburton and Cole Anthony for me. If you get one of those two guys, you know, the rest of the draft becomes kind of, all right, Who? what else can we get? What else? What more talent do we need? But if it's not one of those two guys, this could be a, a rolling ball of, of snowing. That's a terrible analogy. This could avalanche into a really bad draft is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it could be a really rough draft if the Knicks don't get a point guard, especially the, one of those two with the first pick. Now, if they trade back and get Cole Anthony or if they trade up and get Tyrese Halliburton, for me, that's a win. Depends on what you give up, but that, you know, you go for your guy. You know what I mean? There was a plan in place. But if the Knicks stand pat and they get Devin Vassell from Florida State, or Isaac Okoro from Auburn, and they, you know, or, you know, Obi Toppin, or Killian Hayes, or Precious, like someone like that, we're in trouble here. Because then the because then you're running out of options for guards, for really good guards, game-changing guards. You know, if you leave the draft and your only point guard taken is Devon Dotson, you've not had a good draft if you're the Knicks. If we're by pick 38, the Knicks' third pick in the draft, and the Knicks have not taken a, a game-changing point guard yet, we're in really big trouble. In my opinion, and I've kind of come around on this, I, I've been debating what I've you know, been you know, looking for for the Knicks to do and then my expectations for the Knicks as well. I, in my opinion, I think the Knicks should take two point guards. I really do. With the first two picks in the first, with their, with their two first-round picks. I think you go Halliburton or or Anthony with that first pick and with the twenty seventh pick. I think you're looking at either either Dotson, Hampton, or quickly. For me, I think that's what you do. And then with that third round, with that third pick in the second round, I think you can you can just go for best available. You know, maybe a Cassius Stanley. You know, maybe even a big man in that spot. Maybe a Paul Reed. A Yudoka Azabuki. Someone like that. You know, that's where it could really open up in a good in a good way for the Knicks. But if it doesn't go that way, it could be another disappointing night in, in, in Knicks history. I'm gonna leave it there. Thank you guys as always for listening to the podcast. Let me know what you think about the situation with the NBA, with the racial injustice movement that continues to be the NBA's big message moving forward as the playoffs will or will not continue. looks like they will. We'll see what happens. Um, I'll talk more about that next show, hopefully, if there are games. Uh, obviously, as a fan, I'd still love to see games 
go on. Um, we'll talk about that if it happens. Obviously, next show we'll we'll wait for the confirmation on that, and we'll keep you up to date with all the latest in the with the Knicks and NBA talk. We'll keep talking some draft. We'll talk Knicks offseason news, and we'll keep you up to date and give you my thoughts on the NBA situation as it unfolds. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Let me know your thoughts. Be respectful in the comments. Be safe out there. Again, remember, there's still a pandemic going on. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Follow the CDC guidelines. Stay safe. And I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Have a good week, everybody.